Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, you guys. So I am actually pumping right now. If you hear a machine in the background, it's my pump because, you know, it's just got to happen. Um, it's so interesting. I always have so much to talk about. I always feel like I just have like a plethora of things to talk about, things to worry about, all these things that are stressing me out. Right now, I just, I feel like nothing I was worrying about really actually was worth worrying about. So much is happening in the world right now from the tornado hitting right in my neighborhood. That really um, shakes you up and makes you realize what matters. Like, what really matters. And then, with the state of the world right now, with the coronavirus, I don't know, something's happening where I feel um, like all the things I was stressing out about before have just gone away and it's gotten down to basic needs for me. Keeping my family healthy. <laughs> you know? Isn't that interesting? Um... I don't really care so much about all the other little things I was worrying about. Those are just kind of extra to me at this point. So I don't, like I said, I don't have a lot of things to talk about. I don't even know what to talk about because I realize a lot of the things I talk about are worries that um, I've had the luxury to worry about. <laughs> and right now I'm just not worrying about it because I'm like, there's some big stuff happening in the world. And I'm just going to really try to be as calm as possible and just focus on staying healthy like everyone is, you know, being safe, washing our hands, being as um, taking as many precautions as we can to just keep the coronavirus contained and help rebuild my neighborhood where I can. But there's just some bigger issues going on, and it's giving me perspective for sure. So I have all, since I don't know what to talk about, I have all these books that I read all the time. And one of them is from Oprah. And she has a book called 
what I know for sure. And so I'm going to read some of what she knows for sure and talk about it because I need a little inspiration myself. Okay. This is on resilience. Oprah says, what I know for sure is that there is no strength without challenges, adversity, resistance, and often pain. The problem that makes you want to throw your hands and holler mercy will build your tenacity, courage, discipline, and determination. I've learned to rely on the strength I inherited from all those who came before me, the grandmothers, sisters, aunts, and brothers who were tested with unimaginable hardships and still survived. I go forth alone and stand as 10,000, Maya Angelou proclaimed in her poem, Our Grandmothers. When I move through the world, I bring all my history with me, all the people who paved the way for me who are part of who I am. Think, think back for a moment on your own history, not just where you were born or where you grew up, but the circumstances that contributed to you being right here, right now. What were the moments along the way that wounded or scarred you? Chances are you've had a few, but here's what's remarkable. You're still here standing. I love that line. I go forth alone and stand as 10,000. That like sends chills on my spine. We are so quick to live in a world of me, 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 me. And this is me included. It is so easy to be so self-focused and so um, just only aware of what's happening in our immediate world and our lives. And we forget who paved the way for us? Like so many generations of people in our families paved the way for us to be here. I mean, we are one of 10,000. This world has been going on a long time. If certain people wouldn't have gotten together and created life and had that circle continue we would never be here the hardships they had to overcome the choices they had to make that led them to the life they led which ultimately led to us being here I mean it's just a miracle that we're here it really is and I think that's such a great perspective and there's so many hardships that people have gone through before us like like she was saying imaginable hardships and they made it and they survived and here we are because of it so we can survive too. The world has always been faced with hardships. There's always been really scary things happening in the world. And the human race has continued to thrive and survive and get better and better. And so we are that as well. And when things get scary and it gets overwhelming, I think that's a great place to lean into is to realize that our ancestors who came before us dealt with some really hard, 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 terrible things. And they still remained and let it led us to us being here. And so we can, we can survive and thrive too. We just have to, we just have to honestly find it within ourselves to connect to God, stay centered as much as we can and do what has to be done to make this world a better place, you know? And it's not always gonna be easy. It's not, it's definitely not always gonna be pretty and sometimes it's gonna be scary. And 
we can make it. We can survive. We can do this. We got to love on each other, um, give each other grace, work hard, and work as a team. Okay, here's something else that she said. Talking with thousands, this is from the book, What I Know For Sure, Oprah Winfrey. Talking with thousands of people over the years has shown me that there's one desire we all share. We all want to feel valued. Whether you're a mother in Topeka or a businesswoman in Philadelphia, each of us at our core longs to be loved, needed, understood, affirmed, to have intimate connections that leave us feeling more alive and human. I once filmed a show in which I interviewed seven men of different ages and all backgrounds, all of whom had one thing in common. They had cheated on their wives. It was one of the most interesting, candid conversations I've ever had and a huge aha moment for me. I realized that the yearning to feel heard, needed, and important is so strong in all of us that we seek that validation in whatever form we can get it. For a lot of people, men and women, having an affair is an affirmation that having an affair is an affirmation that I'm really okay. One of the men I interviewed who'd been married 18 years and thought he had a moral code that would withstand flirtatious temptations said about his mistress. There wasn't anything special about her, but she listened. She was interested and she made me feel special. That's the key, I thought. We all want to feel like we matter to somebody. As a girl growing up, shuffled between Mississippi, Nashville, and Milwaukee, I did not feel loved. I thought I could make people approve of me by becoming an achiever. Then in my 20s, I based my worth on whether a man would love me. I remember once even throwing a boyfriend, boyfriend's keys down the toilet to keep him from walking out on me. I was no different from a physically abused woman. I wasn't getting slapped upside the head every night, but because my wings were clipped, I couldn't soar. I had so much going for me, but without a man, I thought I was nothing. Not until years later did I understand that the love and approval I craved could not be found outside myself. What I know for sure is that the lack of intimacy is not distance from someone else. It is disregard for yourself. What I know for sure is that a lack of intimacy is not distance from someone else. It is disregard for yourself. It's true that we all need the kind of relationship that enrich and sustain us. But it's also true that if you're looking for someone to heal and complete you, to shh that voice inside of you that has always whispered, you're not worth anything, you're wasting your time. Why? Because if you don't already know that you have worth, there's nothing your friends, your family, or your mate can say that will completely convince you of that. Now that is a good point. Let's reread that. If you don't already know that you have worth, there's nothing your friends, your family, or your mate can say that will completely convince you of that. The creator has given you full responsibility for your life. And with that responsibility comes an amazing privilege. The power to give yourself the love, affection, and intimacy you may not have received as a child. You are, you are the one best mother, father, sister, friend, cousin, and lover you will ever have. Right now, there's one, you're one, oh, this is interesting. Right now, you're one choice away from seeing yourself as someone whose life has an inherent significance. So choose to see it that way. You don't have to spend one more second focusing on the on a past deprived of affirmation you should have gotten from your parents. 
Yes, you deserve that love, but it's up to you now to bestow it upon yourself and move forward. Stop wanting for your husband to say, I appreciate you. Your kids to tell you what a great mother you are, a man to whisk you away and marry you, or your best friend to assure you that you're worth a darn. Look inward. The loving begins with you. Now, that is such a great message. I have struggled with self-worth like most people have, I'm sure. I mean, Oprah wrote a whole book about it. Um, So many people struggle with it. And I could not agree with her more. You can look for all the validation in the world to tell you that you're worth it. But if you don't believe it in yourself, it doesn't matter who tells you you're worth it. And it doesn't matter who tells you you're not. If you believe in yourself that you're worth it, you don't need to hear it from anyone else. Yes, of course, those are nice things to hear. We all want to hear it. But we have to know it. We have to know we matter. We have to know that we're trusting our instincts and we're trusting our purpose and that we have a purpose and that we're valuable and that our lives matter. We have to know that. And it doesn't matter what we've done. It doesn't matter what kind of career we have. It doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle we're living in. Maybe we don't feel like we have anything going for us right now. But because we're here on this earth, we matter. We made it. We made it to earth. We're having this experience. So our lives are worth it. And what I've been trying to do lately, when I feel confused, and when I don't know where to go, and when I feel like lost, um, and you know, like when you feel like you have a million plates in the air and you don't know if they're all going to crash or if you're going to catch them, um, that feeling, I am just trying to let God guide me. And I'm just trying to really, really get still and quiet and listen and try to hear what God has intended for my life and which direction he wants me to move. Because, you know, sometimes you get to a place where you don't know what the next move is and you don't know how to take that next step. And for me, I've had enough experience in my life when I forced things because I feel like I need something to happen when I force things. It never really pans out the way I want it to. When I have let my life unfold and continue to work hard and move down the road that I feel like is being laid for me, it usually works out. So the way I listen for God to tell me what to do is by my gut instincts. I now know I've been in situations where I feel so much resistance, like nausea. Um, It feels hard, like hard in a way, like like a brick wall, like I can't move through it, like I'm really having to force. Um, It doesn't feel like things are working out. It feels icky. It feels like I'm pushing really hard and I'm getting resistance from everybody that I'm pushing up against. It doesn't feel settled in me. When I feel those feelings, that's when I feel like God's saying, pivot, pivot. This isn't, this isn't opening up. This isn't the clear road. This isn't what you're supposed to do. You're forcing your own agenda. So I'm trying not even to get into agendas that I have to get out of right now. Like I really want to just be so open to God, like that he just sort of lays the road out for me because I realize I can get on the hamster wheel and run, 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 but I'm not going anywhere until 
I'm on the road that God's intending for me, I'm just running in a circle. I'm just literally spinning my wheels and wasting my energy. So I might as well stay calm and quiet, continue moving on the road that I'm on um, until God makes it clear by opening a door, giving me some serious intuition, um, shutting a door. I now know by the way I feel. If I feel good about something and if it feels easy and right, and of course that doesn't mean you're not going to work hard and you're not going to have hard work to do, but if the road presents itself in an easy and light way, then to me, that's the road I go down. And I just continue to go down that road and I don't necessarily know where it's going, but I'm just going to walk and I'm going to trust my intuition and my instincts and listen and be aware of the signs that God gives me, which are to me, they come in the form of resistance, resistance or ease. If it's full of resistance and it makes me feel terrible, then to me, that's when God's telling me to pivot. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Mr. Worldwide himself, Pitbull. A lot of artists in general, people that are very creative, sometimes tend to overthink. That's one of my number one rules. Don't ever overthink. You can think ahead, but don't overthink. And what I mean by that is when they start to write a record, they're like, oh, that's not the line. 
oh, that's not this. Oh, it's not that. And everybody has a creative process. I'm not knocking it. For me, I just let it flow. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, I'm going to read one more excerpt from Oprah's book, What I Know For Sure. This is about communication. The key to any relationship is communication. And I've always thought that communication is like a dance. One person takes a step forward, the other takes a step back. Even a single misstep can land both people on the floor in a tangle of confusion. And when you find yourself in that position with your spouse, with your colleague, your friend, your child, I found the best option is to always ask the other person, what do you really want here? What a great question. When all the egos are flaring and all the miscommunication, this is me talking, not Oprah, and all the miscommunication is happening, ask them, what do you really want here? Okay, she says, at first you might notice a little squirming, a lot of throat clearing, maybe some silence. But if you stay quiet long enough and get the real answer, I guarantee it will be some variation of the following. I want to know that you value me. Extend a hand of connection and understanding and offer three of the most important words that any of us can ever receive. I hear you. I know for sure your relationship will be the better for it. Isn't that the truth? Don't we just want to be heard? Yeah, I mean, all of us just want to be heard. And that's what all of our tantrums and anger and everything kind of stems from is when we feel like this other person doesn't get me, doesn't see me, doesn't know me. It's all just a different way for saying this person doesn't hear me. I'm not being seen for who I want to be, for who I feel I am. What I'm realizing is you don't have to fully agree with someone. You don't have to like totally agree with someone's beliefs or think that someone's always right. But if you can hear someone and really, my mom calls it, active listening if you can do active listening and I'm not saying I'm great at this I'm not I'm aware that this is what needs to be done but I'm not saying I'm great <clears throat> but if you can do active listening which is you're listening and you're not trying to come up with what you're going to say next you're listening to hear what that person truly has to say and then you speak after they're done and you have a thoughtful response to what they've said not just like what you've already been gearing up to say right back at them to get back on your point active listening is really about like what is this person really trying to say because if we think of it from a spiritual perspective we're all little light beams from God, from heaven from god we're all little just bolts of light our spirits are and our spirits have a purpose that they want to achieve while they're here on this earth when we don't get heard when we don't get seen it's frustrating because our spirit is wanting to have this life and create this existence. That's why we're on this earth. But sometimes we don't know how to express ourselves as humans. So if we can view everyone as little light beams and know that when someone's frustrated, it's just that they're wanting, they have an idea of who they want to be and they want to be seen. That's why we all are here existing. We want we have desires. We want to achieve and be certain things. And all of us have different desires and dreams because we all come here with a different purpose. So if we can just view each other 
in a way of seeing the light in each other and realizing that we all have purpose, let's try to help each other achieve our purposes. We don't have to have the same purpose. We're not going to. We don't have to do things the same way. But instead of having to have things done my way, let's figure out what that person needs and work together. There's enough for everyone to win. There's enough to go around for everyone to win. We just have to drop our armor, lower our swords, and hear each other and come at each other with compassion instead of anger. Okay, so now I'm going to move on to another book. This is called The John Wayne Code, Wit, Wisdom, and Timeless Advice from the American Icon. He says, I define manhood simply. Men should be tough, fair, and courageous, never petty, never looking for a fight, but never backing down from one either. I like that. Standing your ground, but not being unnecessary. Like, love yourself. Stand up for yourself, but don't be an asshole. I mean, that's how I interpret that. Okay, let's see what else we want to, what other good quotes. This is one of my favorite ones of all. And I think this is such a good motto to live by. I think this is one of his most famous quotes. Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. Let's take a minute and think about that. Where in your life have you been scared to death, but you've jumped into the, into the game of life, into the ring anyway? It takes balls to do that. I mean, it is so easy to want to just sit on the sidelines of life when there's so much going on. There's so much fear in the world. There's so much comparison. We have so many insecurities. There's so many, there's so many factors to why we don't want to put ourselves out there. But courage, he defines the definition of courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway. So you feel so nervous, so inadequate, so whatever, but you get on that horse and you go ride and get in, get into the big middle of it anyway. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you're equipped, but you go for it. I mean, that's what bravery is. That's what courage is. And that's what life is. We don't want to sit on the sidelines of life. I mean, what is our fear? The worst case that can happen, we die. I mean, that's a real fear. But also, the worst thing that can happen is we sit on the sidelines of life and miss our whole life. That's a real fear. I mean, to each their own, there are some things that death isn't the worst thing sometimes. Like, I would rather, I mean, I do not want to die, but like, I want to live my life and not be afraid to live my life because I'm scared to die, because I'm scared of what people are going to think of me. Obviously, you want to be smart and responsible and like, don't be an idiot, but I want to be in the big middle of my life. I want to live my life. I only get this one. So many things can happen. Every day I wake up, it needs to be a good day. Like, I want to wake up and be like, yes, I'm in it. I'm living. I don't want to be plagued by fear and worry because there's so much to fear and there's so much to worry. And that completely steals your joy. So I love that quote so much. <clears throat> okay, I'll read one more from this book. I suppose my best attribute, if you want to call it that, is sincerity. I can sell sincerity because that's the way I am. That's awesome. And isn't that a great trait? To genuinely care 
to genuinely be sincere, you can see it in his eyes. I mean, he did. That's why everyone loved him because he had integrity, he had courage, and he was sincere. That's what we're looking for in life. And it kind of goes on top of what Oprah was saying. We all want to be heard and seen. And we love people like John Wayne because we feel like he stands for something and he hears and he sees us. And he also hears and sees himself. And that's really powerful. Okay, I'm going to read one more excerpt from this book called Love Hills Heals. Love Heals, written by Becca Stevens, the founder of Thistle Farms. If you haven't checked out Thistle Farms, check it out. It's an amazing refuge for women who have been abused and sex trafficked and overcome all sorts of terrible things. And Becca Stevens is also Episcopalian priest. They make all that Thistle Farms makes all these women, gives these women jobs, and they make all sorts of incredible candles and lotions and essential oils and bags and jewelry and it's beautiful um and becca is just she is such a beacon of peace in the world and this book is very um inspiring and offers a lot of peace and here's something that she wrote about which i think is a very great point sometimes we and this is still me talking but sometimes we rush through our day and we get started right away and we don't even take time to be intentional about our day and the mood that we're setting And she says, a habit of peace. I've been practicing waking up to prayer, doing an hour of yoga or Pilates and walking a few miles five days a week. I go whether I'm inspired to or not. I go because I know that when I walk or exercise, I breathe and settle the noise around me. I go because I know when I walk in the woods or pray silently in the morning, all the clatter of everyone else's agendas grows quiet. Of course, some days I go out and come home and I barely remember what I did. I go through the motions. I make my path in a circle through the woods and the worries and fears are still stirred up within me. But every now and then, everything settles and the still waters surround me. And I'm so thankful that I didn't miss it. In the midst of a world filled of stress, it's critical to search for peace to quiet our souls. We can respond to stress by finding our quiet times where we feel found, not lost. Moments of peace can be fleeting and far between, but they are healing. They're a healing balm for a troubled heart. Times when we see birds overhead or we hear hymns sung with a perfect harmony or we see the love of God reflected in a child's eyes are so important. But they sit, but they sit us down by an eternal moment so that all troubles can pass us and oh temporal is what she's saying i guess that means temporary but they sit us down by an eternal moment so all that troubles us can pass and we can feel peace in such moments all we can do is give thanks that the holy spirit leads us leads us still to calming and peaceful waters one morning before i was going to preach in north carolina i got a text message from one of the thistle farms graduates today i woke up and i heard the birds and felt peace thank you That simple note meant the world to me. She's finding those still waters where we can still reflect, where we can reflect, where we get quiet enough to hear the birds. It's simple. Isn't life simple? We make it so complicated. There's so much noise in life. There's so much noise in life that is literally stealing our joy, stealing our peace. But if we can just take the time... And I realize it doesn't take that much time. If we can just take a few minutes even, sit outside, do some meditating, 
sit inside, do some meditating, put on a podcast that's calming, put on a meditation, read a devotional, do something to start our day off right before we just dive into the hustle and bustle of this busy world. Find some peace before we just start into the news, into the chaos, into everything. Start ourselves off with peace. What a difference it makes. Thank y'all for joining me today. Um, Thank you guys for walking this journey with me. I am a work in progress and I feel like this actually was very calming for me. This gave me a lot of peace because there's a lot of stress right now. And I think we need to lean into things that bring us peace, which to me it is reaching out and reading books and hearing words spoken from inspiring women and men who are just showing the way of how to find that inner peace because when we can't control things, what we can do is control ourselves. And the way that I mean control ourselves is we can control how we respond. We can control our intentions. And when we feel stressed and nervous, what we we need to do more than anything is take a deep breath, get calm. My dad was telling me this. If you're feeling panicky, sit down, touch something, anything, and rub it and count to 10 because your mind can't do two things, more than two things at once. So if you're rubbing something and counting to 10, so I'm doing it right now, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. That allows space in your brain to come because you can't just have thoughts bombarding you because you're using your thoughts to count to 10 and rub a surface of something. And it will calm you down if you're feeling panicky. So here's a little tip if you feel nervous or stressed out or you're wondering how to calm yourself down. Um, hopefully that will help you. Love you guys. Wash your hands. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.